You're listening to Why, a sermon series about some of Christianity's greatest questions. For more information about Elevate Church, please visit us online at www.elevatechurch.ms. So let's get to the message. We're starting a brand new series today titled Why. Why? I'm really excited about this series. I really am. I think it's going to be good. Uh, I hope it's going to be good. I think God's going to, he's definitely speaking to me, so I hope he speaks to you. But why? Why? Uh, how many of y'all, you know, don't, don't you know that that's probably one of, the, one of the questions that each and every one of us ask more than any other question? Man, I got kids and they're always asking me why? Why can't I have candy for supper? Why can't we stay up all night? Why do we have to go to school? Why is there a baby in mama's belly? You're going to go talk to your mom about that one. Anyway, but I mean, I'm all, you know, they're always asking why. When I was a kid, when I was a kid, I, I used to ask my mom a lot of why questions. Why can't I go here? Why can't I go there? Why can't I do this? And you know what my mom used to say when I would ask why? How many of y'all, she, she would say, because I said so. Anybody ever, I hated that as a kid, man. But now that I got kids, ooh, I love to say it. You know what I mean? They'll come to me and ask a question, why? And I'm like, because I said so. And I kind of bow up at them. You know what I mean? I love to say that now that I have kids. But again, we, we ask that question, that question why all the time. And in this series, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be looking at some of the difficult why questions, some of the difficult why questions. And let me just say that during this series, uh, uh, I'm not going to be able to answer those why questions for you clearly and definitively. But what I really do hope to do is provide you with some biblical context so that one of these difficult why questions happens in your life, you can know the truth of God's word when it comes to these questions. Not someone else's opinion, not someone else's thoughts, so that you can know God's word when it comes to these why questions, and you can realize that you can take your questions to God, and he will give you truth. And so as we begin this series, the first why question that I want us to look at is, why don't I always feel the presence of God? Why don't I always feel the presence of God? See, if you're a Christian, I can't help but believe that at some point in your life, you've asked yourself that question. Why don't I feel God right now? So help me out. I need a little participation. Everybody, we're in church. So how many of you at some point in your life, you would say that you really have felt God move in your life. You felt God speak. You felt God do something. You felt his presence. Okay, a lot of hands. So now let me be pretty specific, and I want you to be honest. You're in church, so be honest. Don't give me an answer that you just think that I want to hear. Give me an honest answer. How many of you this morning in this service, in this church, you would say, you know what? I, I felt the presence of God. Some hands are up. Some hands, some hands are not up, and that's, 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 oh, that's okay. So the question would be, though, is that if you didn't feel God's presence this morning, whose fault is it? Is it your fault? Because you weren't tuned in to God? Because you weren't prayed up? Because you weren't really seeking God? Is it, is it God's fault? Because God said, hey, you know what? I'm, gonna, I'm only going to show myself to 40% of the people who show up in church today, and the other 60%, man, they can forget it. I don't like the way they're dressed. Look at that person over there. I don't like their haircut. Is that what God said? Is, is, is it God's fault? Is it the creative pastor's fault that we didn't feel the presence of God because maybe we didn't like some of the songs that they picked out? Or is it the creative 
your pastor's fault because he picked songs that use the electric guitar or, or the drums, and everybody knows you can't worship God with that type of music. I mean, whose fault really is it if we haven't felt the presence of God? And besides that, how do you even know when you felt God's presence? How do you even know? See, if you were to ask some people, how do you know when you felt God's presence, you'd get a whole lot of different answers. Some people would say, well, I just kind of get this tingly feeling all, all, all over me. I kind of get goosebumps. Some people would say that they become so overcome with emotion that they just kind of cry in response to God's presence. Some people might say, well, I get this warm sensation. Some people might say, well, well, I just get this peace, this incredible peace. And when I have that peace, I know that I have been in God's presence. Well, the reality is God's presence can give you all of those things and even more things than our words can describe. Than our words can describe. But even though God can give you those things, so can other things. Like, like, like God might make you feel tingly and have, have goosebumps or something like that, but so can sitting on your foot the wrong way and it going to sleep. Am I right? Anybody your foot ever went tingly because you were sitting on it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so God can, can make you, his presence can so overwhelm you that you begin to cry, but so can cutting onions, right? You wouldn't look at somebody cutting onions and say, man, that person's just so overcome by the, by, by the presence of God. You wouldn't, you wouldn't say that. Some people, some people you know, would say, hey, again, coming into the presence of God, you, you feel this warm sensation, and, and so can going to the restroom in a swimming pool. You know what I mean? Some of y'all, some of y'all know what I'm talking about, right? right? You say, man, the presence of God can give you peace, but so can getting a massage. So how do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you've been in God's presence. Well, there are several verses in the Bible that really talk about people struggling to feel God's presence. So it's presence. It's not, so it's not just it's not just us who sometimes wonder whether or not we've been in his presence or not. It's it's really all throughout the Bible. And so I want you to see a verse. In fact, in, in, in Psalm chapter 88 or Psalm 88, verses 13 through 14, the psalmist he says this. He says, but I call to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer meets you. Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you hide your face from me? Do you see what the writer is, is basically saying right there? He's saying, why can't I feel you, God? Why, why, why aren't you here when I need you? Why can't I feel your presence? Why, why don't I feel that you are near to me? Again, that's the question that we're going to be looking at today, and I won't be able to specifically answer that question for you or for everybody in here, but what I do hope to do is give you five different biblical possibilities as to why we sometimes don't feel the presence of God. If you take a note, you want to write them down. The, the first reason or the first possibility why we might not be feeling the presence of God is because we may be over-sensationalizing it. Over-sensationalizing it. See, some people are looking for something very big and, and dramatic to happen in their life. They want some sort of massive sign from God. God, if this is 
really you, if this is really you, you know what I mean? I want fire to come down from heaven right now. I mean, anybody you read stuff like that happening in the Bible, you're like, show me, God, I want you to do that. God, if it's really you speaking to me, make a buffalo chicken pizza show up on that pizza buffet next. You know what I mean? We're asking for big things. God, do this. God, do that. We want some sort of sign. And that isn't new. People have always wanted a sign from God. You can see this type of attitude in the New Testament. See, at one point there was a large crowd of people that was pressing into Jesus. They were all around Jesus, trying to get close to Jesus, and they were asking Jesus, what do you want from us? And the way Jesus responds is, I just want you to believe in me. I just want you to believe in me. And you know how those people respond? I want you to see it in John chapter 6, verse 30. Here's what the Bible says. They respond, what sign then are you going to do so that we may see and believe you? What are you going to perform? You see that? They said, if you really want me to believe you, do something big. If you really want me to believe you, give us some sort of sign. See, all too often, I believe that we're just like that. We're guilty of over-sensationalizing the presence of God. People say, hey, I want to I wanna feel God's presence. I want to know that he's here. So God, I need you to do something big. I need you to shake the room. I need you to speak audibly to me. This is God. I want you to do something big. Give me some sort of huge sign. That's how many of us are a lot of times. How many of you just admit sometimes that's how you are? You're like, God, show me. Prove to me. Prove to me. I remember uh, in 1995, I remember in 1995, that's, that's when God called me to preach. I heard him very clearly tell me to preach. But then after that, there was like a period where I didn't hear from him. And so I remember in college, I, I went to a, a very charismatic church just to visit. And if you don't know what a charismatic church is, that's one of those churches where everybody who goes through the door seems like real excited to be in God's presence. You know what I mean? I mean, they might be jumping up and down. They might be hooting and hollering. They might be raising their hands. You know what I'm saying? If you didn't know what was going on, you might think that everybody at the church drank a can of Red Bull before they got there. You know what I mean? But, but I had never been exposed to anything like that. And, and I liked it. I really did. I, because I'd never been exposed to anything like that. The church that, that I had kind of gone to when I was a teenager, nobody did that. Here's what they did. You know, anybody, you go into a church like that, you know what I mean? People, people fell asleep, you know what I mean? And so, so anyway, the preacher, he's up there preaching. He's up there preaching, and, and it was like God was speaking directly to me through his words. It was like I was hearing from God. It was like me and that preacher were the only people in that room, even though he was speaking to an entire congregation. It was like that preacher knew that I was running from God. And so again, I'm sensing God speak to me. And so at the end of the service, man, I went down to the altar. I went to, I went to go and pray. And as I'm down there, the preacher, he's, he's trying to get over there and he comes and he, and he, he comes over and he speaks to me for just a second. And then he puts his hand on me and he says a prayer and then he pushes on my head. Well, I'm from Pearl. You know what I mean? And when he pushed, when he pushed on my head, I was like, well, I mean, you know, what? What's this dude doing? And he could tell I was confused, you know what I mean, by my face. So he put his hand on my head again, and he prayed, and then he pushed me again. I was like, what in the world? So I just got up and went back to my seat, you know what I'm saying? Because I'd already turned the cheek one time. I didn't know what was going to happen if he pushed me again. And so I'm sitting there in my seat. I'm watching what's going on, and the preacher, he's going to everybody. 
to everybody. He's putting his hand on their head, and then he would push them. But those people, after, he, after they got pushed, they fell out on the ground. They were so overcome by the presence of God that they just kind of fell out. So I'm watching this, and in my mind, I begin to say, well, maybe God didn't speak to me. Maybe God didn't speak to me. All these other people, again, they're falling out because of the presence of God, but I didn't. Why didn't I fall out? And what's crazy about those thoughts is that while the preacher was preaching, I knew God was speaking to me. But because something physical didn't happen, I began to question whether or not I really had experienced God. So I don't know for sure, but maybe if you're here today and you haven't experienced the presence of God, maybe it's because you're over-sensationalizing it. Maybe it's because you're just waiting on something big to happen. And yes, sometimes God does big things. Yes, sometimes God causes the room to shake. And yes, sometimes he might cause you to, to fall out. But other times, that's, that's not what he does. Sometimes it is just a calm. Sometimes it is just a peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand. Sometimes it's just a gentle whisper. But God moves how he wants to move, when he wants to move, and on who he wants to. So why don't we always feel the presence of God? Well, it could be for some of us because we're over-sensationalizing it. So the second reason I want you to see, second, second biblical reason, the biblical possibility that you and I might not be experiencing the presence of God is because we might be distracted. We might be distracted. In Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 40, this really illustrates what I want you to see. Check out what the Bible says. It says, while they were traveling, while Jesus and his boys were traveling, they entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister named Mary who also sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. Man, I, I need you to understand this. Jesus was in her house. Jesus was in her living room. And she missed it because she was distracted by her other task. The reality is for so many Christians today is that we are just distracted. We're distracted by our many tasks. There are some people who are so distracted by the work of God that they miss the presence of God. There are some people who are always working and they never take the time to just enjoy the presence of God. Then there are other people who call themselves Christians and they're not distracted by the work of God because they're not doing anything. They're just distracted by other things. Then they're distracted by Facebook. They're distracted by what this other person is doing. They're distracted right now in this room because you're thinking, man, what are we going to eat for lunch? Why isn't there a peppermint in my chair? Why isn't this happening? Why isn't that happening? We get so distracted. Football, baseball, yard work. We're so distracted sometimes that we miss his presence. But folks, this is God's house. It's his house. And he is here. And he is speaking he is moving, and he is trying to draw all people to himself. Don't get distracted. So maybe the reason why we don't always experience the presence of God is because we're over-sensationalizing it. Maybe it's because we're distracted. And the third possibility is that we might have a hardened heart. Our hearts might be hardened. See, maybe you're here, and you've experienced some hurt. You've experienced some pain, things 
concerning a particular situation didn't work out the way that you had hoped they would. And so you've kind of hardened your heart. Maybe at one time you were very sensitive to the things of God, but again, something happened that caused your heart to harden, to, to really grow cold. In Matthew chapter 13, Jesus has just taught what, uh, what is known as the parable of the sower, the parable of the sower, and he goes on to quote the prophet Isaiah. And what he says is this in Matthew chapter 13, verses 14 through 15. He says this, you will listen and listen, yet never understand. You will look and look, yet never perceive. For these people's heart has grown callous. Their ears are hard of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. See, I don't know your exact situation, but maybe there was a time in your life where you were very close to God. Maybe there was a time in your life where you were asking God to do something. You prayed and you said, God, I'm believing that you are going to do what I'm asking you to do, but then he didn't. And so you just said, well, forget God. Forget God. Some of you, maybe, maybe a loved one died. Maybe someone you love betrayed you. And because of that, you hardened your heart toward God. Or, or maybe you took a huge step of faith. Maybe you felt like God was telling you to do something. So you stepped out in faith and you did what he was telling you to do, but you failed miserably. And so because of that, you said, well, maybe God didn't speak to me. Or maybe because of that, you said, you know what? He did speak to me and it failed. It didn't work. So now I know that I can't trust God. God again. So have you hardened your heart towards the things of God? Maybe at one time you were close to Christ or somebody and somebody in your life who was supposed to be close to Christ. Maybe, maybe they hurt you. They did something that wasn't Christ-like. You got hurt by a church and so you thought, well, fine, God, if you're going to allow stuff like that to happen, I don't want anything to do with you. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you've experienced things just like that. You might feel that way right now. I just want you to know that it's hard to feel the presence of God when your heart is hardened. It is. So the fourth reason, the fourth possibility why you and I don't always feel the presence of God is because we have built a wall of sin. We've built a wall of sin. See, sin hinders intimacy with God. It really does. Isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 through 2 says this. Listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear deaf to hear you, too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Isaiah says God's not deaf. He hears you. He hears you. But your sins, again, have cut you off from God. Now let me be, let me be real clear here. If you're a Christian and you sin... You're still a Christian, okay? Just because you sin doesn't mean that God tosses you to the curb. You're covered by the blood of Christ. Your sins, your present sins, your past sins, your future sins, they're all covered by the blood of Christ. But the reality is, if you're a Christian and you continue to live in unrepentant sin, meaning that you don't feel bad for what you're doing, and you're just going to continue to do what it is that you know God doesn't want you to do, I just want you to know that th that's not good. That's not good. And when you do that, you're building a wall between you and God. Some people seriously think, well, I'm a Christian, so I'm forgiven. It doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter how I live my life. If that's really what you believe, bless your little heart. You're delusional, okay? That's not good. 
That's not, that's not good. You wouldn't, you wouldn't approach any other situation in your life that way. You wouldn't. See, I've been married now for almost 14 years, almost 14 years. And uh, when Amanda and I got married, we shared some, some, some vows. We shared some, some sacred wedding vows. They're sacred vows. Yeah, we did. Anyway, uh, so uh, <laughs> sorry, but we, we shared some very sacred vows, sacred because they were shared between us, but also because they were shared in front of God. And in those vows, we said things like we were going to love each other in sickness and in health for richer, for poor, in good times and in bad times, till death do us part. How many of y'all ever heard some, something like that before? Some, you've heard some vows like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, basically what happens is you say, you know what? Uh, we're going to stick together no matter what. Well, so what if I was to say, since Amanda has said those things to me, she's basically promised that she's going to stay with me no matter what. That, that really doesn't give me the right just to do whatever I want, right? Like when I'm doing something bad, I can't say, well, Amanda, you're just going to have to get over it. This is one of those times. It's just a bad time, and you promise to stick with me no matter what, right? right? If, if I was to say, Amanda, look, I know you don't like me hanging out with this other woman over here, but again, you promised that you were going to stick with me till death do us part, so you're just going to have to deal with it. I promise you, if I said those things, Amanda would make sure death did us part real soon. She'd kill me, <laughs> right? She would. You don't, you don't do that. If I sin against my wife, are we still married? Yes. But when I sin against her, I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall. I'm building a wall. I'm putting separation between us. And it's the same way with us and God. With, and God. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you get to go out and live how you want and do whatever you want and say, well, I'm, I'm forgiven. Sin builds a wall between you and God. It builds a wall between me and God. So maybe today the reason why you're not experiencing the, the presence of God is because you've built a wall of sin. You're not confessing. You're not repenting. You're not turning from what it is that the holy God, our holy God, wants you to turn from. He's clearly told you to do something that you're, you're not doing. He's clearly told you not to do something that you are doing. Yet you're saying, you know what? I'm going to continue to do this, and God's just going to have to learn to deal with it. You see, see if you actually think that, what you need to realize that you're actually doing is you're choosing that sin over God. And that, again, is not good. That's building a wall between you and the one who loves you more than words can ever describe. So the fifth reason why, the fifth, fifth possibility as to why we don't always feel the presence of God, your, this reason could be your reason, is because you just don't know God. You just don't know him. You just don't know him. See, there are a lot of people in our world, and there are a lot of people in churches all around our world who know about God, but they don't know God. There's a huge difference between having some head knowledge of God and having a heart relationship with him. In John chapter 7, verses 28 through 29, the Bible says this. While Jesus was teaching in the temple, he called out, Yes, you know me, and you know where I came from, but I'm not here on my own. The one who sent me is true, and you don't know him. But I know him because I come from him, and he sent me to you. Jesus looked at some people who should have known God. He looked at people who, who claimed to know God. He looked at people 
who everyone else thought knew God. And he says, you do not know God. I do, but you don't. See, listen to me. God wants you to, 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 God wants you to know about him. But more than that, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to know him so intimately that you know his voice, that you recognize his voice, that you sense the Holy Spirit prompting you to do certain things and not to do certain things. And so maybe the reason why you don't feel the presence of God is because you just don't know him. See, here's the deal. We talked a lot about feelings today, a lot about feelings. And, and let me be, be clear, you're not always going to feel the presence of God. It's not always easy to feel his presence. It requires faith. And that's good news. It's good news because faith pleases God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, and without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. See, the truth is, you, you, if you always felt the presence of God, if you always felt it, you wouldn't need faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you've got to understand that walking with God is not about your feelings. Walking with God is not about my feelings, what we feel and do not feel. Walking with God is about faith. It's about faith. And so what I want to do for the rest of our time together, and i got to hurry, is I really want to give you a, a promise about God's presence that I hope will build, build your faith. And that promise is this, if you want to write it down. You'll find God when you seek him. You'll find him when you seek him. That is God's promise. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 13 through 14, the Bible says this, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Now let me stop for just a second because God didn't say you'll find me when you search for me with part of your heart, with some of your heart. He says you will find me when you search for me with all of your heart. And he says this in verse 14, I will be found by you when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. This is the Lord's declaration. See, when you and I seek God, he's happy to reveal himself to us because God wants you to know him. He wants me to know him. He wants us to know him so much. That's why he sent Jesus Christ to this earth. He sent Jesus to reveal his heart, to reveal his nature. And since Jesus has rose from the grave, he sent his Holy Spirit so that you and I can experience his presence each and every day. But we've got to seek him. We've got to seek him and we will experience him when we seek him with our whole heart. Not like God's some sort of hobby or something that we just add to our life. We've got to seek God with our whole heart. Because when we seek Him, when we seek Him that way, again, He loves to reveal Himself to us. So how, Robert? How do I seek God? Well, let me give you four ways. These won't be on the screen, but if you want to write them down. Four ways that you can really seek God. The first way that you can seek God is through His Word, His precious Word, the holy word of God. Get in God's word. That's the primary way that God speaks to us is through his word. The second thing that you can do if you really want to seek God is pray. You say, Robert, I don't know how to pray. Just talk to God. 
Tell God about your day. Tell God what's going on in your life. Talk to him like you would a friend. Just when you talk to God, that is you seeking God. The third thing that you can do if you really want to seek God is to stay active in your church. See, get connected to his house. God likes it when you come to his house. God likes it when his house is full. He's got a message for us corporately, but he's also got a message for us as individuals. And he loves to speak to us through other people who are connected to his body, who are connected to his church. So read the Bible, pray, connect with the church. And the fourth thing that you can do if you really want to seek God is seek God in worship. Seek God in worship. See, when I'm reading my Bible or when I'm working on a sermon, you know what I, I usually have going? I've usually got some, some worship music playing in the background. And there are times where I'll be reading or I'll be working on that sermon and a worship song will come on and I'll just stop and I really get into it. I really get into it. I do. I love to worship God. But how many of y'all, how many of y'all know what this is right here? Some of y'all, if you're under 20, you're like, what is that thing up there? Man, I ain't never seen nothing like that in my life. This right here, guess what it is? Somebody said it. Radio. That's right, radio. You know what the most important part of a radio is? Yeah, there's a lot of different things probably. But check this out. You got to have an antenna, right? Did you know that right here in this room, there are radio waves all around us? Did you know that? You can't see them, but they're there. Did you know that? Do you know that? You know that? But we don't always we don't always hear the radio waves. We can't hear the radio waves unless what? Unless we tune in, right? Unless we, let me turn this thing on so can we get tuned in. Got to make sure ain't nothing crazy playing either. <laughs> Y'all hear that static? We're not tuned in, are we? Let me see what's going on. I hear somebody talking. We're not going to be able to do it. I worked it out in the back. What? We, that's crazy. We just got tuned into God, literally, right? That's what was going on. I didn't even plan that. That worked out. I was hoping some music was going to play. While we were yet sinners, God died for us. Quit playing. <laughs> that's wild. But here's what I want you to understand, man. Some of us right here today, we're looking for the presence of God in our life. And if that's you, you just need to tune in. Some of us here, man, we need to experience the grace of God. If that's you, you need to tune in. Some of us are looking for the mercy of God. Man, you need to tune in. His presence is here. He is moving. He's all around us. He promises never to leave us, never to forsake us. But we got to tune in. That's what we got to do. And so if you're not experiencing the presence of God. If you're not experiencing it, it might just be because you're not tuned in. See, listen to me, and I'm wrapping up. But in Acts chapter 17, in Acts chapter 17, Paul tells us, Paul tells us that God has created the entire world. He tells us that God's created the entire world, and in verse 27, he says the reason why he's done that is this. He says he did this so that they might seek God and perhaps that they might reach out and find him 
though he is not far from each one of us. See, God wants us to seek him. He wants us to know him. He wants us to be in a relationship with us, and he's not far from us. That's why the most important thing is not about what you feel, and it's not about what I feel. It's not about our feelings. The most important thing this morning is not whether or not you feel God. The most important thing is whether or not God feels us, that God feels us reaching out to know Him, that He feels us reaching out to praise Him, that He feels us reaching out in obedience to honor Him. We want God to feel our presence, that we are reaching for Him. See, it's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not about any of us. It's all about Jesus. It's about Jesus. And I want Jesus to feel me longing to be in His presence. So again, if you're here today and you're not feeling his presence, I want you to know that you can feel his presence today. But you've got to seek him with your whole heart. Seek him and he'll reveal himself to you. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I don't know where you're at in your spiritual walk. I know everybody's in a different place, but we're all on the same road. And I can't help but think that today there are some people who really do want to experience the presence of God, but you just don't know Him. If you don't know God, you're not going to experience Him. And so if you're here today and you know that you need to be saved, you know that you need to give Him your heart and you need to give Him your life. If you're here today and that's you, you want to seek Him right where you are. I'm just going to ask that you raise your hand because I want to pray for you. Amen. 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 You want to seek Him. You want to give Him yourself. I'm telling you, He promised you. He promises us. That if we'll seek Him with our whole heart, He'll reveal Himself to us. And so if that's you today, right where you are, I'm going to ask that you pray. Father, today, I give you myself. Father, I'm seeking you and only you. Forgive me for my sins. Come into my heart. Mold me and make me into the person that you want me to be. May I walk by faith and realize that your word is true, that you promise never to leave me and never to forsake me. Father, thank you for sending Jesus so that I might know you. Thank you for allowing your Holy Spirit today to draw me to yourself. Father, help me to know that today... It's a day of life change. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. May others know I'm yours by the way I live my life. Father, I also want to pray for each and every one of us in this room. Father, I know there are times that in our life where you really do feel distant from us.
But may we have the faith to know, Lord, that you're always near. May we have the faith to continue to reach out, the faith to continue to pursue. Father, may we seek you with all of our heart each and every day. I pray all this in the precious name of Jesus. We'd like to thank you for listening and encourage you to visit our website at www.elevatechurch.ms so you can learn more about being blessed and blessing others at Elevate Church.